Today we're talking, we're continuing Pastor Chris's series, The Greatest Story Ever Told, and we're talking about we can trust God even when we don't understand his plans. And I love that song, He Won't Fail Us. He Won't Fail Us. We can trust God because we have a God who won't fail us. So in life, kids, we love to have fun. Kids, don't we love to have fun? Yes. Do we like to be a little crazy sometimes? I love it. And so to tell our Bible story, because in Life Kids, we do a Bible story and then we jump into our message. We are going to do, for the first time ever in this room, Pastor Tyler's Drama Academy. You're clapping in your head. I can hear it. You're clapping in your head. Thank you. Some of you are like, what's that? Pastor Tyler Drama Academy is a chance where you get to be dramatic. Because you look at your children and they're all dramatic. Aren't your children dramatic? Yes. Well, they have to get it from somewhere, right? That's why I look at my kids and I was like, why are you dramatic? Oh, your mother. No, I'm just kidding. It's from me. So we're going to do Pastor Tyler Drama Academy with our Bible story found in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to do Abraham and Isaac. So I need two dads and two sons to come up. Who, who would like to volunteer? Raise your hand if you'd like to volunteer. Mr. Greg Bonzo, come on up. William, come on. Oh, don't worry. You won't be too embarrassed. Maybe. Anyone else? Anyone? Jackson and Mr. Garrett. You, yes. Come on. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hi. Right. Boys, come over here. Dads, come over here. Yes. Okay. Woo. This is going to be exciting, man. We love to have fun while learning about God's word. Uh, William, are you dramatic? Oh. He's like, yes. I face them, face them. Jackson, are you dramatic? Yes. Okay. I'm glad we're all honest today. That's good. Let's see what your dad say. Hey, dad, are you dramatic? I can be. You are, yeah. Yeah, he, he's my friend. He's dramatic. Are you dramatic? No, not really. I actually don't think you are. That's going to be good. Hey. Oh, it's always good we have an introvert who's like, I can't believe they picked me. Love you. Okay. It's, uh, we got it on camera, too, so we can watch it over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we are going to have you guys audition. You will audition and you audition and only one of you, father and sons, will win the part. And if you don't win, don't be sad. We'll do it again. You can't give it to someone. You have to audition. So, boys, let's start with your dads. Dads, in this story, we're talking about Abraham, who's a little older, okay? So, when I say three, I need you to walk like an old man. And you need to be dramatic. Garrett, really find that extrovert in there. It's somewhere. On three, walk like, uh, like an old person a little. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, wow. Okay. No, you have to keep trying for the part. You know the crowd is going to want you to win now. They're going to be cheering for the... I feel like you had the noises more than the walk, but that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. All right. You guys face face everyone here. You guys are Isaac in this story. It's very important that you can chop wood. So chop wood. Dramatically. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's good. William. William. Oh, my. William, what's happening? You have to chop wood. Okay. I've never chopped wood like that, but I'll try it. Okay. Now, dads, in this, in this Bible story, oh, man, um, Abraham's only son, Isaac, you know, he, he has to be sacrificed. It's, it's sad. So I need you guys to practice crying. Can you do that? So on three, I want you to be dramatic criers. Garrett, and I want you to face the crowd a little more. I want them to be able to see you. 
Garrett's not going to talk to me ever again. Okay. So on three, cry as dramatically as possible. Are you ready? Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> Garrett, what, what's happening? What's happening? Is that how you cry? Okay. Man. Wow. Garrett, you're really going all out here. I appreciate that about you. Hey, boys, I want you to climb up a mountain on three. Here we go. One, two, three. Climb it. You're going to have to climb a mountain. Okay, very good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Jackson, I love it. Okay, good job. Go next to your fathers. It's time to vote to see who won the part. <sighs> I want to know what kind of crowd we have because you really gave it all. But I think they want to see Garrett. Really? I don't know. What? Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll see. Right, who cheers for this team right here? That's pretty good for doing this for dramatic crying. Okay, who gives it up for this team right here? Pastor Chris, who's the winner? I don't know, that was close. All right, one more time, quickly, this side. This side. Okay. All right, good job, guys. We got the dramatic people we need right here. I said, go ahead over here. Abraham, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Right here, that's good. That's good. Okay. Whew. This is going to be a good one. So we, we have Abraham and Isaac. We are jumping into Genesis chapter 22. And so right here, man, Abraham, this is your son, Isaac, who God promised you, your only son who you loved. Go give him a big hug. Come on, because you guys love each other. Big hug, big hug. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. That's good. Oh, put him down. Good job. Uh, that was the most emotion we've had. This is going to be good. Okay. So, you loved your son so much. He was your only son who you loved. But one day, God asked Abraham to do something very difficult. He said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Can you imagine as a parent what you would do, what you would start to think, but Abraham knew he had to trust God even when he didn't understand his plan. So that morning, you got the donkey ready because you're going on a trip, so get the donkey ready. Yep, get it ready. It's a big donkey too. It takes a while. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a big donkey. It's like tall, a little wide. Yeah, big donkey. And I need you to get the wood ready for the altar. So you chop the wood, get the wood. Yes. Oh, it's a big donkey. You got a lot to put on there. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, it's, I'm thinking it's like a 10 foot donkey. Yeah, it's, it's real big. That, no, no, no. It's not that big. It's not that bad. Okay. So, now, Abraham, when God asked him to do this, he also got sad, so pull out the tears on three. Really get sad. One, two, three, go. He got real sad. I mean, look at these. That's real sad. That's real. That's as sad as Garrett gets. Okay. You got sweat. So he was sad, but he trusted God's plan even though he didn't know. So here, come next to your father. You guys start traveling. Travel together. Travel. No, your dad's not wood. Just travel. Just, just travel. Just travel. Welcome to Children's Minute. Yeah, come back. Come back. Come back. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now travel again. You, you, you have to travel. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, come back. Come back. 
Okay, so you're here, and Isaac and Abram, you guys begin to build the altar. So build the altar together. Build it together. Yep, that's good. Now remember, Abraham was older, and Isaac was a little younger, but they built, uh, like he was a teenager. Yeah, that's good. You're really doing it. Build, build the altar. Yeah, you're, you're, you look tired. Now tie up your son. Tie up your son. Don't be too excited, Jackson. Right. Now lay him on the altar. <laughs> now let's just recap. In this story, Abraham, I don't think you're tickling him in this moment. It's not in the Bible, but I don't know. Um, in this moment, Abraham trusted God's plan, even though he didn't know what would happen. He brought his one and only son, who he loved. Him and Sarah loved their son Isaac with everything they had, but he was obedient and trusted in God. So this next part, remember, God asked you to do uh, him, use him as a burnt sacrifice. So I need you to get your knife out. Not a real one. Not a real one. Okay. I know you like hunting. Pull out your fake knife. And in slow motion, I need you to go down and stab him. Slow motion. All right, on three. Don't go. No, no, no. Not because you're old, because I don't want you to actually stab him. It's not biblical. Okay, here we go. Get ready. Slow motion. A little slower, a little slower, a little slower. Little, yeah, keep going. A little slower, a little slower, a little slower, a little slower. The angel came in and said, stop. <sighs> Praise the Lord. And the angel said, stop. And he got his son up. And God provided in the bush a ram that they went and sacrificed. And because Abraham trusted in God, God provided. See, we need to trust in God even when we don't see his plan. That's very difficult in our life. But God provided and Abraham and Isaac got to be father and son a lot longer. Give it up for my team members. Good job, guys. We're going to talk in our life right now how we can trust God even when we don't see his plan. Because in that story, Abraham probably had a lot of different emotions. He asked, God asked him to kill his son, but he said, God, I trust you no matter what. I will follow you. So in our lives, we need to trust God even when we don't see the plan. Pastor Mike. I want you to think about this incredible scene where this this old man has waited forever to have this son. He had been in his hundreds, probably 112, 13, 14 years old. And God speaks to him and says, I want you to take your son out. I want you to sacrifice him. And I want you to give everything to me. Now, as, as parents, sometimes we can understand that because, you know, we understand why animals eat their young sometimes. We want to take our kid out and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he's just sitting there. Imagine, imagine the emotion that went through him. But the Bible says the very next day he got up and did what God told him to do. He just did it. He didn't, the Bible doesn't say, I'm sure that night was an anguish night. But he got up the next morning, traveled three days, and they get to the mountain. And they're at the foot of the mountain. And, and you know, Isaac, he's, you know, he's a teenager. He's kind of wondering what's going on. He's like, Dad, we got, you know, I'm carrying the wood. You got the fire. Where is the, the sacrifice? And, you know, dad starts to tear up a little bit. He does a little Garrett, like. <laughs> God will provide. And here's this young 13, 14, 12-year-old boy that's like, okay. Because he's seen his father over all these years, how consistent his father was. 
how he obeyed God, how he listened to God, how he treated his, maybe his mother, maybe the way he treated the servants, maybe how consistent he was. So he knew that he could trust his father when his father says, God will provide. And so they climb up to the mountain and they start to build the, the altar and they, pick, they had to pick up stones. They picked up stones, started to build the altar. They took the wood and put it on the altar and then he comes over to Isaac, this old man, and starts tying him up. Now, Isaac's young enough, he could have just took, he could have knocked his dad out. He could have just popped him, popped him in the head, knocked him out, and ran away. And as his dad's tying them up, I don't know what was said, I don't know what was going on, I'm sure dad was crying. And I, I'm thinking this, God will provide. God will provide. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, Hebrews 11, 9, that Abraham believed that God could, even if he would have, he would have sacrificed him, he could have raised him from the ashes. Because God gave Abraham a promise that forever the nation of the, the, his a nation would come out of him and it was going to come through his son. And so he's sitting there tying him up. And I believe, I mean, we don't know, but I believe, I mean, here's an old man. How is he going to pick up that? You know how much them 13, 14 year old boys eat, you know? We just had two chicken sandwiches and a 12 piece and a large fry and a large drink at uh, Chick fil A this week, you know? And, well, that was light work. I think I could have another sandwich. Mom's like, no, I think that's enough. I believe Isaac himself got up on the altar. It's respect, and it was respect and obedience to his father that got him on the altar, but it was the trust in his daddy that kept him on the altar. When his daddy raised the knife up, can you, can you, I, I can't even imagine raising a knife up and you're getting ready to plunge it through your child. He's just sitting there watching. He goes, okay, I trust dad. I, I trust the God that he serves. I trust. I, I, I trust. I trust him. And see, that's what true trust is. A lot of times we, we, we ask our teenagers, our children, to trust us. But unless we've been trustworthy, they can't trust us. Trust is a lifelong commitment to our children. That when they go through the hard times or difficult times as a family, and you say, you got to trust me in this situation. But if you've never been trustworthy, how can they trust you? So as a mom and a dad, you have to be trustworthy all the time. So that's like, dad, we got to love our wives. Mama, we got to love our husbands. We got to love those around us. We got to be faithful in everything we do. And so when our children look at us and we ask them to trust them, we're like, oh, I can trust them because I know dad is faithful. I know mom is faithful in everything they do and everything they say. I believe them. And that's where Isaac was. And that's where we should be as parents of children and of teenagers. Uh, Martin Luther, like 400 years ago, said this. He said, pray and let God worry about it. And that's what trust is. God, I trust you. I don't understand what's going on. But, God, I will trust you. You worry about it. we got to trust God in the hard times. You ever had a moment in life where you just had to be an Isaac and trust God? He's leading you towards something and, and you're just like, okay, God, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what you're doing. But I trust you. You know, I was kind of thinking about this for myself, and, and you know, for some of you who may not know this, uh, prior to my family coming here, we were in a place where God was just really stirring us up, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm calling you to leave where you're at, the church that you were at, the community that you're a part of, I'm calling you to leave and go to something that I want to show you. And it was really hard for our family. I, I mean, uh, we're almost two years removed from that process now. 
Um, but at the time, I'm sure you can relate to this, you can only see what you're giving up for God. It takes time to see what you're getting from God. And, and so I didn't know. I, I'm like, okay, there's so many unknowns, God, of what this looks like. And so, uh, you know, this was traumatic for our family. And we were here to, to preach for a Sunday morning. You know, the first time I got to meet everyone here at Family Life Church. And we stayed at the Holiday Inn Express over on right on 376 there and got up in the morning and I went downstairs into the courtyard because I wanted to do my devotions. And I'm sitting there and I'm just having a moment with the Lord because I'm doing what he wants me to do. I'm getting ready to go preach at a church full of weirdos. I'm getting ready to go preach and I'm just like, God, I don't know, like this doesn't feel good. I, I just don't feel good about what I'm doing. And, and how many of you know that God doesn't work in coincidences? You know, and I was in my devotions that morning and I was reading in John chapter 13 and, and there's this picture that, that we're seeing in the book of John where Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, I want to wash your feet. Now the disciples are just like, you know, what's that about? Jesus says, well, I want to show you I'm a servant. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. And so Jesus walks over to Peter and as he begins to try to wash his feet, Peter says, no, 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 no. You can't wash my feet. This isn't right. And Jesus looks at Peter. And this is what I read that morning. It says, John chapter 13, verse seven. And it says, Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. Can I just tell you, I sat in that courtyard and, uh, I just cried. I just cried. I, I was just like, God, you're right. Right now I'm in a place where, uh, you know, I'm asking my kids to leave their community. I'm asking my kids to leave their school. Um, you know, we're moving to the unknown. We don't know what you're doing and what your plan is. God, this hurts. And, and, and you know, as I tried to kind of think of this in my mind, I, I was kind of thinking of, uh, uh, baby birds. All right. So go with me for a second here. This time of year, we, we have bird nests all over the place. At my house, the birds seem to want to build their nests in the least, you know, helpful place imaginable. But pretty soon, there are going to be baby birds in these nests. And if you've ever, you ever hear that, that sound of the hungry baby birds and the cheep, 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 and the mom, she works all day long to fly in and out of the nest and feed the babies. And they just sit there like this. Now, if you have teenagers, maybe you can relate to that. I, I don't know. But she just keeps doing this all the time, out of the nest, into the nest, out of the nest, into the nest, out of the nest, into the nest, bringing them every single thing that they need. And they're, they're living in this secure place of, of everything is good. Mom is awesome. She gets me everything I need. She takes such good care of me. But then a day comes where mom knows that she has to do something very traumatic for her babies. She's got to kick them out of the nest. And I, I can only think to myself, that must be so traumatic if you're a baby bird, right? Because you're sitting there and you're hanging out in the nest and you're just like, life is so good and I got all this food. Mom, what's going on? It's so great. Whoa, whoa, mom, mom, whoa, it's okay, it's fine. Mom, mom, whoa, mom. And the baby drops out. And I can only imagine just how terrifying that moment is for those baby birds where they're about to be in that place of being kicked out. But mom does this because she loves her babies. And she's like, you know what? I want them to learn to fly. And if I don't do this, then they won't be able to experience what we were created to do. And so she kicks them out. And can I be honest? I've been in places in my life where I've been Isaac. God's like, I want you to follow me. Will you just trust me? I want you to follow me. Will you just trust me? And I've had to learn that lesson time and time again. Okay, God, yes, I trust you. I trust you. I'll follow you. But God has put me into a season now 
where he's asking me to be an Abraham. And, and, you know, I've never really thought a lot about Abraham's circumstance. Abraham had to take his son that he loved, that he cared deeply for, and take him to say, I would sacrifice my own son if that's what you ask me to do, Lord. You know, I've been kind of in this season of prayer for our church, and something that God had laid on my heart is that there was a season of transition coming for our church. And as I prayed about it and really sought the Lord and got on my face, uh, God made so clear to me that he was shaking up our nest a little bit. And so I approached uh, Pastor Mike, and I let him know that I felt like God had really laid it on my heart that he was going to be transitioning out of youth ministry and into the next season of what God has in store for him in ministry. You know, and when I did that, just like any of us would, I started to scheme. Hey, I'll, I, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could adjust this and fix this and change this and move this and make this work here and do this here. But, but the more I did that, the more God just began to rebuke me and say, who's in charge here? Is it you or is it me? You know, and I was in prayer one morning and I felt like the Lord spoke the word handcuffing to me. And it was like, uh, God says, if, if you try to hold on to the future, you're going to handcuff the plans that I have. You're going to stop the plans that I have. And so I wanted to just make that announcement to us as a church because this has been a difficult week of having to be an Abraham, a difficult week of having to look a brother in the eye that I love and say, brother, will you trust me? Will you trust me that God's doing something here? And it's been hard. Can, can I just be honest? It's been really hard to do that. But I know that God is good. And you know, I want to say this because this is so important to me because there's always talk in the background. Pastor Mike did not do anything wrong. Anything. You know, when we left our church where we were at two years ago, that way everybody was like, oh, well, what's really going on? What's the real reason? What's the back? What, what and I, we just had to tell them, listen, sometimes you just do what God says because it was him that said it. That's the reason. That's the reason. But you know, I believe in what God is doing. I believe in his plans. I believe what he's working. And I'm going to be honest, this is the first time I've ever had to be an Abraham and say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I believe that I can trust you even when I don't understand your plans. And can I tell you, I'm, I've been so filled with respect for Pastor Mike and Angela and their family as I've had these difficult conversations with them. And, you know, even, you know, obviously the first day, it's a shocker, but Pastor Mike, towards the end of the week, he's just like, hey, God's got something awesome coming. I believe him. I believe him. But I wanted to make that announcement because I feel like it's important that you hear it from me. Because we're going to trust God and we're going to enter into a season of trusting God, not just for our church, but for the Smith family that we love so much. And we're going to pray that God is going to open up whatever he has in store for them because I do believe that there is an incredible anointing on Pastor Mike and that God has a plan to use him further in ministry. And I want to see him do that incredible work. So I wonder if we could take a minute. I want to invite Pastor Mike and Angela and your kids if you'd be willing to come up. I'd love to just take a minute to pray for your family. And Jacqueline, yeah, if you'd like to join us. Church, I can't say enough. I have the utmost respect for this family. I have the utmost respect for the years of service that they have given to the Shenango Valley, the way that they have served Family Life Church. And 
I'm going to trust God and I'm going to ask us to trust God. But we're going to pray God's blessing over their family. Because how many of you know that God has a plan? I don't know it. I don't see it. But I trust him. So I want to ask if you just extend a hand and pray with me as we pray for the Smith family. God, I just thank you so much for the Smiths, Lord. And I thank you for their love. I thank you, God, for the passion that you have put in their hearts. And and Lord, the anointing that you have put on them to serve teenagers so faithfully year after year after decades, God, of ministry of service to teenagers. Lord, a ministry that for most of us, we would not have made it this far. But because of your anointing and your faithfulness, you continue to give them everything they need to love the teens that are in their lives. And God, I pray that you would just pour out an anointing, a blessing on their plans for their future. God, I pray that you would speak into their lives the things that you are doing. And God, we stand before you in a moment where the only thing we can hear from you is you don't understand why I'm doing this, but someday you will. We're just going to trust you, God, and we're going to believe you for the things that you have in store. And I pray, God, that on the other side of this, there would be such rich, fulfilling blessing that they stand and they look back and they say, God thank you because you've been so good and so faithful we give you glory lord in jesus name amen amen and we're going to take time um, over the next several weeks to really celebrate this family and to thank them for everything that they have done can i ask you to celebrate with them and to pray with them to love on them through this time of transition it is not easy to be an isaac when we have to follow god and trust him It's not easy, but when we obey God, we know that his plans come together. I wanted to invite us into a moment together because this is the most challenging thing for us in the midst of turmoil. Can I still praise God when I don't understand his plan? Can I still lift my hands? Can I still say, God, you're good? Can I still say, God, you're worthy? when I still don't understand what he's doing. So I want to invite you to stand as we just get into a moment of worship together. And we're going to say, God, I want to make room for you. Because that's what it means to release the plans for our futures into God's hand. God, here's my plan that I've been holding on to. Here's the thing that I want, but I'm going to let go of it. I'm going to hold it with an open hand. And I'm going to say, God, I'm going to make room for you 